Hi, this is Pastor Tim Crick, and you are listening to the weekly sermon podcast of Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire, a part of the ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can find us online at www.htelc.com. We worship on Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 11 a.m., where you are never too late and there is always room for one more. We hope you can join us sometime, and we hope you find the sermon you're about to listen to helps you to understand and experience the depths of God's love for you and the entire world. Thanks for listening. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 17, verses 5 through 10. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to the smallberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you rather not say to him, prepare supper for me, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink? Later, you may eat and drink. Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to to do, say, we are worthless slaves. We have only done what we ought to have done. The Gospel of the Lord. You, you may be seated. So I want to start off with Habakkuk, as we said, and really that plays into the children's sermon, but we have to review Amos again to ensure that we fully understood, understand Habakkuk. Amos, we've heard the last two weeks, you remember Amos was an Old Testament prophet about, uh, what do we say, I think 760 or so BCE. When Israel was at the height of its power, remember, the greatest military strength, the greatest economic strength, the greatest geographic strength, it was at its peak. And Amos comes in and pretty much calls them to task and says, as great as you think you are, how did you accumulate all of that? How did you come about it? So the reading we had two weeks ago was said, call the people to task for their accumulation of wealth that came from... Uh, abuse or exploiting the poor and the marginalized. That you went from being slaves and the oppressed in Egypt, and you are doing that now, right? You are oppressing, you are marginalizing, you are building your wealth on the backs of other people. And then the reading we had um, after that from Amos, if he called out to them before and how they built their wealth, now Amos is calling out those people for how they spend their wealth. You built it on the backs of others, and now you're ignoring those who you built your wealth on. If you continue down this way, your destruction is imminent. This is not sustainable. It will not last. You are about to bring about your own ruin, right? And he attributes it, Amos attributes it, this is what God is doing, right? I think it's, that's how they explain it away. They don't want to blame themselves. <laughs> so instead, God is going to do this. But I really think it's you're bringing about your own ruin. Habakkuk now is speaking 150 or so years later, about 609 to 5, uh, or 598 BCE. Israel is no longer the great nation it once was. The Assyrians have come in and taken over the northern kingdom. 
Then the Babylonians have come in and conquered the Assyrians. And the Babylonians are now at the doorstep and about to take over and ruin Jerusalem. They're about to destroy the temple, which is the most sacred site, right? The temple in Jerusalem is where it is thought God actually dwelt. And if there is no temple, you ask yourself, is there even a God? So Babylon is about to just, I mean, they're at the height of their power, and they're about just to wipe out the nation of Israel. And that temple is destroyed in 586 B.C., right? So this is about 10, 15 years before that happening. So Habakkuk now is a prophet speaking to the Israelites or on the Israelites' behalf to God and hearing what he believes God is saying to them. At this moment of it seems like destruction is imminent. Does that make sense? So listen to these words again, knowing that background of the time of which Habakkuk is uh, prophesying, you might say. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not listen? Or cry to you violence and you will not save? Why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law becomes slack. It's like things don't matter anymore. And justice never prevails. The wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, judgment comes forth perverted. Do you hear those words a little bit differently this time? <laughs> right? Can you hear the anguish that is coming out from Habakkuk on behalf of the people? What Amos prophesied about has come to pass. And now they're like, God, where are you? The second part of the Habakkuk reading is the response that Habakkuk preaches out to the people. Right? This is what I hear God saying to all of you. I will stand at my watch post and station myself at the rampart. I will keep watch to see what he will say to me and what he will answer concerning my complaint. So I'm going to listen. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets so that a runner may read it. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and it does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come and it will not delay. So be patient, it's coming. Look at the proud. Their spirit is not right in them, but the righteous live by their faith. Right? It's coming. Don't give up hope. The end is still to come, and it's going to be okay. I was talking with somebody in between services, uh, Russ Hilliard, and he had said, there's a quote from the movie that made him think of it, the best exotic marigold hotel, I think that's the name of it, does anyone know of it? All right, yes, that's an emphatic. Eleanor loves that movie. Oh, let's see if I get the quote right. How about it? He said the quote goes like this. Help me out, Eleanor, if you remember it. Oh, shoot. If it is not going well, then the end has not come. Something along those lines. Does that make, do you know? Do, could you get it better for me? Right. 
So if it's not going well, the end is yet to come. Right? If it's not going well, the end has yet to come. And I think that's what Habakkuk is saying to the people. The end isn't here yet. So don't give up hope. The best is still yet to come. So now it goes to our gospel lesson, right? The gospel lesson begins with, the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. When you hear, be patient. The end isn't here yet. I think an appropriate response is to say, okay, God, then increase my faith. <laughs> because can, the, can we get better, please? I'm tired of hearing about school shootings. I'm tired of hearing about war. I'm tired of hearing about bombings. I'm tired of hearing about bullying. I'm tired of hearing about poverty. I'm tired of hearing about climate change. I'm tired. Of, do I need to go on? You get my drift, right? You tracking with me? Increase my faith. If you want me to wait, great. I need a little bit of help. <laughs> and I think that's what the apostles are doing in there also. What's interesting is the passage that comes right before this where it says, increase my faith. The apostles are talking to Jesus and they ask, how many times am I supposed to forgive somebody? What is the response? Does anyone know? Right? 70 times 7 times? 70 times 7. Actually, in Luke, it's very similar. Is it 7 times? 7 times a day? And Jesus says, if somebody repents 7 times, in one day you have to forgive them 7 times in that day, right? So here's the question. If someone, I understand forgiveness. You're wronged. Someone comes out. They genuinely apologize. I am sorry. I was in the wrong. I hurt you. Forgive me. Right? Okay, I get it. I forgive you. What if they do it the exact same day, the exact same thing? Am I as readily to forgive them the second time? What about the third time? Fourth time? Fifth time? Sixth time? Do I need to keep going? <laughs> and yet this is what Jesus is saying, which means if I'm doing that seven times a day, I really have to wonder, is the repentance that genuine or are they just blowing hot air? Right? Can you understand why the disciples would say, increase my faith? It's hard. This whole life of faith, it's hard. Especially I'm going to talk about forgiveness just for a little bit too, even though that specific part isn't in it. But forgiveness is hard, which is such an integral part of the life of faith. We have been forgiven. Have you apologized to God before in your past? Have you done the exact same thing that you apologized to God for? More than once? Twice? Three times? Do I need to keep going? And yet God forgives. <laughs> God forgives, right? So we forgive. But then I wonder, who is forgiveness really for? Is it for the other person or is it for us? It's for us, I really think. Definition... I need to remember not to leave my bulletin here between services. It happened last week also. I need to put it somewhere else where it's not taken. But this is from Mayo Clinic, a definition of forgiveness. To let go of the need of revenge. And, oh, there was another word that went with it also, right? But it had to do with letting ourselves letting go. That really, forgiveness isn't necessarily dependent on the other person. 
It's our reaction. I put it as it's letting the past not be what dictates my future. I am the one in charge of how I get to dictate the future, right? Your hurt is not going to have that kind of power over me. Right? I'm going to let go of my need for revenge. I'm going to let go of my anger that has been over it. And you know what's amazing? The health benefits that go along with it. Less stress, less anxiety, less depression, lower heart pressure. Judy, uh, what's Judy's? Evans. She always does blood pressure Sunday. She goes, if that was the case, she'd be out of work. <laughs> if we could really forgive like that, because we wouldn't need to go check our blood pressure. Because, let's be honest, right? When we are angry or we can't let go, it's like the cartoons, right? Where the red just goes right up and steams comes out the ears. Right? So how do we work toward forgiveness? And this is where the good news comes in, because I always hate... Um, having sermons where I feel like you have to do this because it's just another task in which what are we going to do with it? Fail at it at some level, right? We're going to say, all right, I'm going to forgive and then we're going to fail at forgiving, right? And the, the cycle's going to be here. But here's where the good news comes in and I think it's that second part of what Jesus is talking about. If you had faith the size of a... I think we are more powerful than what we realize. I really do. This is where I want to try and leave us with good news. You are stronger than what you think. And let me change that and phrase it in a different way. We, because I want to include myself in it, we are stronger than what we think. I'm not saying forgiveness is easy. Where you just, oh, this sounds so nice, and I just do it and I'm done with it, right? If you really want to move into forgiveness, you have to enter into the pain that was caused, don't you? You have to be able to name it, talk about it, own it. What's my role in it? It's not easy. You know what's easy is numbing it, ignoring it, avoiding it, right? Just stuffing it down, which when we stuff things down, what's eventually going to happen? It's coming out at some point and probably not over the original issue it was. Anybody who's married have that happen in an argument with a spouse or a partner? Your argument is really not, a, the scamming's over here. Just happened this morning, I guess. We push it down. It's going to come back up. When I do uh, premarital counseling, I always say this. You either need to let it go or you need to mention it. Because if you can't let it go and you don't mention it, it's coming back up at some point. And it's not going to be over the issue that it really is. Right? But it's coming back up. So how do we deal with those things in our lives in healthy ways? Which goes back to Habakkuk. How do we deal with our anger? Do we name it? Do we talk about it? Do we seek counseling for it? Are we brave enough to venture into the territory to feel it? Right? That's hard work. It's not easy but I think that is the life of faith we are called to, and I think it is good, and I think it's work we can do because we are stronger than what we think. You are stronger than what you think. So may you forgive in the way you have been.
That's the sermon for this week. We hope from it you learned a bit more about God's love for you and the world. Please subscribe and rate our podcast to help us be found by and reach more people. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, you are loved.